What's up? Top, 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 go, my man. That's the Southwest Philly, Florida, man. Shout out to my cousin Burn. Shout out to my mom. Be away, all y'all, man. We out here, Southwest. The Southwest Philly, Florida. Alni fans, welcome to another episode of the Gala Standard, episode 56. In this episode, we have another interview for you guys, an interview with the voice of LaSalle basketball, Cal Beers. Uh, so we got a little home-at-home home series going on. He interviewed us at the George Washington game, and now we have him. Um, so I think you guys will enjoy it. Uh, it's it's very it's very good. Um you know, we're going to continue that series. Um, you know, we had Dr. G on a couple weeks ago, and we're going to continue with Cal. Um, I think you guys will enjoy it. Um, that's all we that's all we have for you. There's, you know, the news and the, from the news front, there's not much going on. Yeah, um, I guess no news so, is good news. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no news is good news. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, enjoy the interview with Cal. We are now joined by radio announcer of LaSalle, Cal Beers. Cal, thanks for joining us. It is an honor, man. I've been looking forward to this, hoping you guys would ask me. It's so great to, to be a part of this, man. You guys are doing great stuff, and I'm, I'm happy to be here. Thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate thanks it. Thanks for coming on. Um, we, uh, we, we, we got on your um, radio show during the yeah. GW game, so it's only fair we, we have you on our, our show. Uh, a little, slightly a little different. home at home. Yeah. You know, type of, you know, home at home type of series we got yeah. going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. So thank you for, for joining. And uh, I feel like we, we go back a few years, but um, this is the first time you're on our podcast and, you know, we're talking about the Explorers off the court because usually we see you courtside and talk then. But yep. uh, this yeah, is off season. Pound we're walking in. Yep. Always, always on press row. Always uh, dishing out the stats and, and other updates. So it, it's nice to, you know, talk in this setting. It's a bit different. It's not as noisy as, as Tom Gola Arena. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I don't have, like, uh, I'm not trying to put out 30 fires and making sure people can hear us. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not always in my best uh, best yeah. vibe when people talk to me on game night. So I yeah. try. Yeah. But it's sometimes that can be a little chaotic. <laughs> um, so this is, like, I guess you can say, our I don't know, a second part of our series. We had uh you know John Janini on um uh, a couple of weeks ago. So in that kind of thing, you know, one of the reasons why we had him on was, you know, it was because of the you know 10 year anniversary of the Sweet 16. Um so I just want to start off there saying, you know, what were you know some of your memories of that run and um you know were you there were you able to call them on the radio? Yeah, we, I called everyone, was with them, that 12-day stretch. Uh, we left in a sleet storm um, on a chartered jet uh, from Philadelphia on a Tuesday. And 12 days later, we came back, and literally, we, 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 we came back to campus in shorts. So literally, the seasons changed while we were gone. Wow. Um, Dayton to Kansas City to Los Angeles at home. And uh, I always say this, if you ask me in April of 2013 to rank the greatest things that ever happened in my life, one was marrying Suzanne, mm -hmm. my wife. Mm -hmm. Number two was the Sweet 16. Awesome. Number three, I, graduating LaSalle, yeah. getting out of the Army, or mm -hmm. I don't know, there's a lot of things that, but they're way, like they're way down here. yeah. And then 2014, if you ask me the same question, you'd be like meeting Suzanne, marrying her, the twins. Yeah. Then the Sweet 16. And nothing <laughs> more anybody's guess. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. like yeah. It, it's it's one of the greatest experiences I've ever had in my life. I mean, I just yeah. I I I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. Um, there's nothing like it. I hope everybody can experience it. I'm glad we got a chance to do it, and I, I want to do it again. I I it, it there, there is nothing, especially the way it went down with us. After the long drought, after yeah. a playing game, after barely getting in, after beating Boise State, flying through the night, beating those two teams in a hostile environment, 
and then going to LA, it just, it, it can't get any better. Like it just yeah. can't. Amazing. I imagine that'll be better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I imagine that um, it was exciting to be on the court and, and in those moments, but off the court, where, what was your day like uh, on the road? Were you mostly in the hotel? Were you guys, I guess, would you go out to eat and stuff like that? Like what were, do you have any kind of memories of off the court, not during game? What yeah. What was it like? One of the things was like, I think I did like, I have it documented somewhere, but I did something like 50 radio interviews from around the country, Pharrell, oh, cool. Bench, uh, you know, just lo local shows. I mean, like in like Idaho and stuff wow. like that, people were just calling. So I was doing those, I, you know, my hometown paper, the morning call in the Lehigh Valley did a, the story about me. Um, so you know, one, and I've been doing this a long, long time. Um, I long ago, I believe, earned the right not to go to shoot around and not be at practices. But for the most part, I go anyway because I like it. Because yeah. I just like everything about the experience. And I like going to practice. It's it's boring when I'm there, but I don't I like being there. You know, like I and I'm not I'm not listen, I'm not I'm not this savant in X's and O's. Like I'm not there like with the Yeah. Or, yeah drawing plays out or you know yeah, no, I just, sets or hammers or whatever yeah I, yeah i more want to see what's going on with the team <laughs> how they're gelling and i just like being a part of it like listen, yeah i just like being a part of it i love it i love it it's part of it i've been doing it since the fifth grade and so i so i i went to every practice and, and here's the other joke i used to work a lot of these ncaa tournaments like in dc austin texas meadowlands philadelphia <clears throat> and we were never in it and I used to be the guy that would like meet the team at the locker room or show them where they're going or escort them. And I used to joke with my friends and I've, I've got a network of friends in this line of work around the country. <clears throat> I said, when you, when LaSalle makes the tournament, I'm going to be kicking that door open and you better be escorting me down the hall. <laughs> like, I'm here. I'm yeah. here, here. You know? Yeah. So I was making sure that I was going to be there. Mm -hmm. Whenever oh, yeah. this stuff was going down. Oh yeah. That's but I, like I savored it. Like I, mm -hmm. You I got, would go yeah. to the arena as soon as I could on, on practice day and on media day. And even when the team left, I stayed there. Um, I just stayed. I just, I, 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 any writer I could talk to any CBS sports folks. I, I just loved it. I loved so it. I, I knew it's a fleeting moment. Um, and being a, a father late in my life gave me a, an advantage of realizing how quick they're going to grow up. My twins mm -hmm. and my kids, you know, like I knew that. So I, I held on to it and being a little bit older and having waited as long as I did, I, I wanted to absorb it all. So like, yeah, even every time out, yeah, every time out, media timeout, I put the headsets down, I turn around, I look at you guys like, and I'm like, you know, part of me wants to be back there with yeah, you yeah. Cause you're having a lot of fun and mm -hmm. there's like little pocket, but there's no better seat in the house than what I got. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But I, I still wanted to see it. So, you know, I, I, I was a nerd about it. Like I, mm -hmm. I, and you know, my Steve Dagor was my partner years ago. We're mm -hmm. still best friends. Like he, he, you know, he like, he, you're going to practice on the cap. Yeah, I'm going. You know, some of the coolest oh, yeah. things happen mm -hmm. on the ride from the hotel to practice. Some of the coolest things happen when you're just, practice is over the guys are taking their shoes off and put their flip-flops on and somebody took some funny joke and mm -hmm. you know that's that to me that's priceless like you cannot oh, get yeah. that no, i'm of the forget opinion. those stories those oh, yeah. memories like those little you know one those little things you'll never forget you know you'll remember those you know um you know for the rest of your life that's, yeah. that's yep. really cool stuff i'm definitely one of the people that would want to be there first thing as well like i'm always like let's try and get there when doors open mm -hmm. as a fan yeah. And so I, I imagine that's kind of the same feeling you have is just, I got to get in there and feel it, like be there first, get all the insight. I'm sure you get a lot more, you notice a lot more right off the bat and that affects how you would call that game that day. Like you would have info and stuff like that. It all just yeah. comes naturally when you show up early. So that's, that's, that just, it, that's, that shows how, how passionate you are for LaSalle basketball. And I feel like just basketball in general. Right. I mean, well, yeah, you know, you hit a nail on the head for me. I mean, I think about this all the time. Um, <clears throat> you know, uh, have you guys seen the movie Almost Famous? I can't no. say I have. So I... It's a Cameron Crowe movie. It's about like this young reporter goes, gets trapped and goes on the road with a fictitious rock band. Okay. You know, <clears throat> and he's trying to, it, it's based on the real life Cameron Crowe. 
who became the news journalist and he conned Rolling Stone into going on the road with the, with his, you know, up and coming rock band. And, uh, but they keep jilting him on the, the interview. They keep jilting him. And there's a scene at the end where he finally sits down with the lead guitar player and he says, I'm, listen, I know we, we treated you bad. You were on tour with us and we never were honest with you. You got me now. Ask your questions. And, and the young kid says, um, what do you love about music? And the, the actor played by Billy Crudup says, first of all, everything. Yeah. And that's my relationship with basketball. Yeah. Like I, I just, uh, you know, basketball, uh, it, it kept me out of a lot of trouble as a kid. Um, I had a lot of opportunity to, to go a bad way. My sisters and I, um, we didn't have any really supervision as kids. We were off doing what we wanted to do. And my sisters, you know, got, got, you know, they got pregnant when they were young. And uh, because of that lack of uh, uh, supervision, but I found basketball. Uh, I, I became the ball boy for my high school basketball team when I was fifth grade. So I started riding mm-hmm. the bus when I was in fifth grade and it, you fell in love with it. Yeah. It, yeah. everything, everything about it. Like it, I, everything about the game of basketball means everything to me. Um, so like when, when other kids were out running around and mm-hmm. I lived in a great posh suburb of downtown called Emmaus is a great town. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but I could have been in a lot of trouble from early mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. But I was up under the streetlights shooting hoops, or I was on I was on the bus with the basketball team. Yeah. And I saw guys that were older than me going to college. And I and I was I was there like picking up towels and you know, shagging balls and being and being a part of the team. Yeah. So it's in my DNA. Like I love like I didn't ride a bus once last year, except for a couple of times from the gym to the hotel. And I I was lost, man. Like I wanted to be there. Yeah. Uh, so basketball to me is uh it, it, it's it's very very important i still play pick up hoops and you know what i'm about to say i don't mean that what i'm about to say in the gross way but i love the smell of the gym i love the smell mm-hmm. of sweat yeah. you know we joke about having a pool at goal arena but like <laughs> a, a, anywhere there's a pool like the community center i play yeah. at has a pool my high school had a pool that shared the locker room that combination of chlorine and sweat and 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 oh, yeah. gym floor lacquer like yeah. it resonates to me when I, when I smell that, I get, I get like, I get nostalgic and happy. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. You, you had mentioned that you, you, you called games back in the fifth grade. Is that when you began your career, so to speak? <laughs> no, I was a ball boy. Okay. I was a ball boy for my high school team, but there's a guy that now runs EmmausSports.com and he, he streams all of our high school games. He's really good. Scott Johnston. He and I, he's a couple years older than me, but we used okay. to get m- microphones and these old school VCRs, and we used to call the games on the top of the, the like. I would do it like as my ball boy duties. I would run up and call a couple minutes. Oh wow! Yeah, so I, <laughs> oh, I, I actually cool. was calling games back then. So, yeah. what kind of influence did you have? Like, or what kind of people, or like, who influenced you? That was famous. That maybe like you were like, I want to be like them one day, calling games. Like, was there anybody that stuck out to you? Did you draw any inspiration from any? Uh, any like popular uh, play-by-play guys? Or, yeah, Harry Kaus. Harry Kaus, okay. my guy. Um, when I was a really, really little kid, and I'd go to my great my grandparents watched me a lot, um, and we would go to my great grandparents <clears throat> and uh, my great grandmother. She was a huge Phillies fan, and whenever they want to be talking about something pretty intense, and they not need me to be around, she, Grammy, everyone would say, "Hey, go, go, kill, go, tell me what's going on in the Phillies game, and let me know what's happening." And I'd run back in like Danny Ozark went to the mound, like non non information, like things that not <laughs> don't even matter. But I would relay every nook and cranny of the Phillies games to them. And my grandmother's like, he's going to be a broadcaster one day. Yeah. And so, so I don't know if it's like if it was a self fulfilling prophecy or if you know. But yeah, I, I, so Harry Callis was my guy. I got to work in the booth with him when I was at the Phillies in ninety four, ninety five, ninety six. Oh, that's cool. His cell phone really cool. my phone. You know, he's been gone for a long time. Um, I he became, yeah, you know, friends a tough word, but yeah, he, 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 if we saw each other, he'd give me a hug and shake my hand, and I could call him. He spoke to one of my public speaking classes at LaSalle once. That's really cool. So, um, yeah, he, he was my idol, and I fortunately got to work with him when I was with the Phillies in the mid 90s. Okay, oh, that's cool. Um, you might have touched on this a little bit, but um, how, how do you prepare for broadcasts? <laughs> that's funny um 
Uh, when I was, this year was a challenge for me because I wasn't around the team 24 seven. I had to work a lot harder on our team than I ever did because when I was working at LaSalle full time, um, I was at practice almost every day, even if it was for 15 minutes or I was on the, you know, coach Janini or coach Howard or, you know, mm -hmm. or, or Speedy's uh, sofa, you know, maybe once a day, just chatting, chatting. So I knew our team inside out. I really didn't need to do anything. And so to me, basketball is easy. There's only ever five guys on the court. Mm -hmm. You need to know their roster, but you know, it, that's pretty easy to figure out. But by and large, like, I'm an emotion and energy guy. Um, I, you know, and that's not everybody's. I really don't like when play-by-play -play guys try to impress you with how much they know yeah. about things. And I think a lot of guys out there will try to cram that, all the research they did down your throat. To me, college basketball is over in two hours. Mm -hmm. And if I have a good color commentator, like I always do, if I'm going to let them do their thing, I'm telling you what's happening with as much energy as I can. I'm getting out of the way. And I'm not trying to impress you with what I know about the team, you know, and I'm letting my color guy do what they want. So to me, I, I there's a there's a Facebook group about sports broadcasters and, and side reporters. And one of the big questions that everybody goes on is, hey, what kind of spot charts do you use? You know, spot <laughs> charts. Now, football, that's a big deal because yeah. there's players. But to me, um, there's one in the media room every night. I pick it up. I look at it. I go over pronunciations. I know most about what's going on because I read about the team, but it's not that hard. Like to me, it's not that hard to me. I see it. I call it. I bring what I know about the game and I let my color commentator do their thing. Um, so, you know, it's work. It definitely is work. And I've been caught, I've been caught, you know, <laughs> my daughter's playing with the lights, but, uh, <laughs> That's right, Kimmy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, get her on the pod. Hey, Pierce has been in LaSalle fans. Hey. Hello. Uh, had a jersey uh, since you've been an infant. So, and, and her brother as well. I was going to say, <clears throat> yeah, so the family's. Sorry, the family's always decked out in 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 beers apparel. Beer, if I'm beer. not mistaken, I, I I remember even at the basketball tournament, I saw the family was rolling in with beers gear. <laughs> yeah, so when they were when they were born, um, I went to the equipment room and I I got some game worn jerseys and I took them to a, a seamstress that cut them down. They cut the middles of them out and she made them into onesies. And then when they got old enough that they didn't need onesies, they cut the onesie out. So they just had jerseys and they now they, they now fit legitimately into those jerseys that they had when they were infants. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. That's, that's cool. That's awesome. That's excellent. Sorry for the aside. Like that's, that's fine. That's how great, you know, kind of a little absurdly obsessed I am. But yeah, uh, we love that. So you were, you know, you were just saying, you know, you like to let the game breathe and, you know, yeah. let it, you know, and you give a lot of credit to your um, color commentators. Uh, but, you know, you're one of your color commentators is the current coach of the team. Um, so did you think that, you know, when, you know, Dumpy, you know, was there, did you think that, you know, he was going to be the next head coach? There was one moment, and I think we were getting blown out uh, in the year before he became the head coach when there was a huddle at the end of the game. And I said, hey, hey, Dump, you know, you know, what's going on in the huddle right now? And he talked about it and all that stuff. And then I said, uh, I said to him, I said, do you miss it? And this is on the air. You can go cool. find it. And he goes, every day, Kale. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. <laughs> and so, <clears throat> you know, um, and then so I had just left LaSalle's my full-time job. And a couple weeks later, they they made decided to make the coaching change. And so Dunf and I were talking all the time mm -hmm. about like what's gonna happen. Uh, hey, did 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 you get a call from Brian? Uh, yeah, I got a call. What are you hearing? Uh, and then I and then and it, he, <laughs> So he said something to me like, he said, yeah, you know, I don't know if like maybe, you know, there will be an opportunity to, to you know, if he said, I thought maybe they, you know, give, give Ash one more year and yeah. let him have a mentor mm -hmm. like Pat Chambers, you know, like, like that was, or like, you know, maybe a Joe Mahalik and I go, or you, <laughs> <laughs> and he just kind of like, if you could smirk on the phone, he smirked. That's know? funny. But, uh, but at that time, like, you know, it was crazy. And then I saw him at the NCAA tournament, the, you know, the North Carolina-St. Peter's game. And uh, at that time, like, 
energy about him was going on. I, I, I don't know who he's with. He was with someone famous nationally, writer wise. I don't know if it was uh, Feinstein or I don't know. Who. Okay. But I, I went up to him and I said, uh, I said, listen, Tom, I'm getting so much action on my cell phone because of you. <laughs> and I'm not trying to betray your trust. Don't tell me. But if it's you, I'll, we're all going to be really, really happy. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Kale. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Simple response. Thanks, Kale. <laughs> that's incredible. That's really that's cool. Incredible. That's really I mean, cool story. I tell everybody I that story. he was my, my partner and then we demoted him to head coach. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's really oh, good man. stuff. Oh, man. Oh, man. I mean, the memories made on, on press row, that's got to be, that's got to be up there. That's not sweet 16 related that you sat next to. What would be the, the next head coach of the LaSalle Explorers? I don't know how many how many guys do that where they go from coaching at a school then you know becoming a play by player color guy and then jump right back into the fold. He couldn't stay away. I mean, he, yeah. he just couldn't <laughs> stay away. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's, it's it's crazy. Yeah, I, you know, I, I know it's happened before, but um, no, well, Steve Kerr. You know, it's not college. Yeah. Steve it's Kerr true. was actually calling our games in Kansas City. Um, oh, funny thing wow. is, like wow. one of the. Steve Kerr's basic boss at Turner Sports is one of our alums named Scooter Vertino, who's a very good friend of mine. And he's worked a couple of games. When we ever go to Davidson, he would come up from Atlanta and work the games with me. Oh. And uh, so he um there was a derisive comment that a certain former coach made about our uh, one of our head coaches about there was being a losing culture at LaSalle. And Steve Kerr and I think uh, Grant Hill or I don't know if it was Kenny Smith or whatever would 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 give Scooter, a lot of grief about you have a losing culture. And when we beat Kansas State, Scooter texted me and said, when Steve Kirk comes walking by, you show them text that says winning culture. And I did. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Full circle. That's the so last cool. laugh. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, that was great. And then Steve Kirk obviously becomes one of the better NBA coaches there is. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, he made the jump. So. Absolutely. Oh, well, let's switch gears here to what many would consider your signature call. <laughs> You say that you kind of go by, you know, you go through the game, you know, you call it as you see it. And then when there's a moment, preferably beyond the arc, you let loose a pow that yeah. resonates through our speakers. So I want to know, when did you come up with the pow? How did it transpire? Uh, tell us all about it. The origination. It's so obnoxious. Like, it's just <laughs> so obnoxious. Um <laughs> But I'm sorry. It's it's who I am. I you know I just uh, I don't blame you. No, you gotta be yourself. Yep. I know some people you know like think it's a little much. I think Dumpf even like he's like yo oh, these guys they can't get about themselves. I'm like you're probably talking about me. But, <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean it to be that way. It's just I, yeah. I'm that I'm that thrilled. Like I'm that excited about it. Um, I used my my play by I, I didn't work on any of my signature call, signature calls in baseball. Uh, like it's not that I didn't want to. It's just I never arrived at anything I liked. You know, so when my first home run call in professional baseball, Scott Rowland's last at Reading and uh, wow. and it kind of took me by surprise and I wasn't ready. And I, I did this get up, get back, get out of here. You know, and it wasn't scripted. Mm -hmm. It wasn't planned at all. It just happened. Um, I mean, I might have thought about it at some mm -hmm. point, but I never concluded that that was going to be my thing. So at LaSalle, the, the three point thing was like uh, I used to and, and I'll tell you right now, I stole it from I just I, I wasn't even at the game. I stole the the cadence of it from Villanova's PA announcer back when Kerry Kittles was was uh, wow. and, he, and he he used to go Kerry Kittles and so I just started doing and again I it was not premeditated I, I said I like that oh okay okay so I started I, doing I Donnie Carl. yeah Darnell Harris okay I got you yeah. yeah and it took a long time and it was really loud and it was you know and, and I I still do it from time to time when we hit too many three pointers and people are tired of hearing pow. Um, so it, again, it wasn't premeditated. It's just something that hit me in the head, but then, uh, and I, you know, for political correctness purposes and whatever, like uh, back when a certain radio host was on terrestrial radio, my, my good friend, Mike Cunningham, and I listened religiously. Uh, they had, they had a, a member of the show that whenever somebody got the other guy good, like told a joke or put him in their place, he'd go pow. And okay. so we started doing that to each other when somebody would like get a good line. Yeah. And one night I just dropped it on the air and it, it, it worked like, yeah. it just worked, you know, like, <laughs> so that's kind of like people like that was like, people really responded to it. So I, I eventually gravitated towards that. 
Amazing. Yeah, we, we love that. I, I We brought a sign to the Duquesne game on the road. That was one of our first road trips as a podcast. And we decided to bring a sign that said POW. And, and that was a game where we had a lot of triples. So we oh, did. Ton. It was a Jack ton. Clark. Jack Clark got a lot. Representing, yeah. yeah. Good times. Um, yeah, that feels good. I have, that, I have that picture of you guys with that in my phone still. I oh, feel that's like awesome. I that's a cool, picture. Travis. I love that. Um, yeah, you're just talking about your signature, you know, the POW. But is are there... <laughs> you know, um, certain names that kind of, you know, stick out to you that you really like to um, announce like a player's names, like that come to your head. Yeah. Pookie pal resonates resonates. Oh well. yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Reasons, you know, darn, you know, all the, all the, all the studs, you know, Donnie, yeah. Carr, Russell Butler, Victor Thomas, um, Ronnie green, you know, not, not, you know, Darnell, like, you know, no, I, I don't think anyone. If, yeah. Yeah. The ones that jump out are the explorers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Rich. Um, well, usually when we see you at homecoming, um, we'll see you with a certain colored uh, suit. You know, what games are worthy of that, that gold suit that you'll bring out there? Uh, it used to be just homecoming. It used okay. to be just homecoming, and then and then I broke it out for Nova on national TV a couple times. Um, you know, back then I was, I was a development officer. I was a fundraiser. So, you know, there was like this official role. Um, and then a couple of, you know, uh, COVID happened and now coaches aren't wearing ties much anymore, even mm -hmm. though Dunf does, but uh, you know, a lot of coaches aren't wearing them anymore. Wearing sneakers with like khakis is acceptable now. Yeah. You know, yeah. Kind of thing. So I don't, I don't really, and, I, and suspenders was actually my trademark. I feel like I have, and I, I'm, I'll put my, I'll put up against anybody. I have the best, collection of blue and gold ties and blue and gold suspenders in the east coast i agree i agree we've yes we've seen them oh yeah, yeah. uh but th that gets cumbersome because there's the difference between braces and suspenders suspenders actually have buttons that need to be sewn into your pants and braces are like snaps so oh. i i i get it got really challenging to, to picking out which suspend and i used to wear a pair of suspenders until we lost then i go to the next one until okay. we lost, we go to the next one. If we lost three in a row, I'd wear a sweater vest, and that was a slump buster. Um, oh, okay, um, a slump buster. And none of it worked. And and what <laughs> I realized is that like I was making this about me, and it, and you know it just kind of got. It was fun. It was silly <laughs> stuff like that. But it got cumbersome because if I wanted to wear, if I was if I was on these suspenders that I, we were on a winning streak, I had to have a tie that matched, and I have like fifty blue and gold ties. Yeah. So never a problem. <laughs> But then I had to make sure the shirt was clean and acceptable. And I had to have pants that either, if they were buttoned, they, I had the pants. And that's expensive. Like sewing buttons into all your pants is not like you got to get it done. I, actually, I did a couple of myself. And, yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, so I went when COVID came and we started wearing golf shirts. And now I'm not a full-time employee. I'm not a fundraiser anymore. Yeah. So I, I just kind of just, I still try to keep the, the footwear pretty pretty interesting and i'll break out the although every time i wore something gaudy last year we lost so <laughs> yeah i should um i probably should have asked this before but i'll ask it now um yeah how how long have you been um you know with lasalle um you know as a play-by-play -play broadcaster last year was season number 27 okay wow. what keeps you what keeps you coming back yeah what I said before about basketball. Um, I also have uh, a loyalty problem that borders on codependence <laughs> with my school. Um, there, there were times this past year when I was not a full-time employee and I, I didn't feel like as, as, uh, as um, connected as I was in the past. And I started questioning it a little bit, like, yeah, you know, am I, am I putting, am I putting, too much of my my family's time and my life you know into this and uh you know and and, and those moments of insanity would pass really quickly and then i'll yeah. realize that I, I love it um no but yeah um so i when i got a, i i dreamt of going to college since i was in third grade since i was watching al mcguire and and uh billy packer and i think Dick amber call college basketball when i was a little kid and being on those high school buses as a ball boy, seeing kids that were going to Princeton and Muhlenberg College and just they, they wanted to go to college. I really desperately wanted to have a better path in my life. I did not like what I was surrounded by as a kid. 
and college was the answer for me. Now I didn't have supervision. So I had to go to the army first because mm -hmm. it turns out if you don't go to high school and you don't do homework, colleges don't want you, yeah. you know? Yeah. Who would have thought? Uh, back then. So yeah. I went to the army and, but the goal was always getting to college. And, and at the time LaSalle was, you know, LaSalle was a team in Philly, Lionel Simmons, Speedy Morris. I had a, a, a high school classmate sat in front of me. His last name was Mark Bauer. His older brother was a LaSalle guy. So he, we talked about LaSalle almost every day. So it was on my radar. And when it time, got time to get out of the army, I could have gone anywhere because mm -hmm. when you're a non-traditional freshman and you're an army veteran, I mean, theoretically, I could go to Harvard if I wanted to and embarrass myself and fail out in three weeks. But like <laughs> theoretically, I could. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to go to a city school with mm -hmm. basketball. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I, you know, as much as I, I I was focused on going to college, you know, and I, I'm proud of my my army service and being a veteran. Um, when I finally got the campus, I was a little bit intimidated that I thought I was too dumb to be there because I, I didn't do well in high school and. You know, I didn't, you know, I was worried about it and enter Sid McLeod and brother Jerry Molino oh, and yeah. Red Sheehy. And I, I find my home, you know, mm -hmm. I find not a place where I'm surviving, but where I'm thriving, where people respect me, where I have my own group, where I'm, you know, I've got, you know, a home. And, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and I'm not Catholic, mm -hmm. so I don't have this predisposition towards you know i just went for basketball and because yeah. i know like education usually equals good and i needed the personal attention so when i got the campus and i was on the air on the tv station like by my second semester and and having a radio show and 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 doing well academically like it, it means everything to me like it means everything it means everything you took um, off I out. you really yeah. like took flight there that's awesome yeah. Yeah. That's how we feel a special way about LaSalle too. That's why Rich and I still come back and we still talk about this stuff. Like, I feel like we do have kind of common ground there in that LaSalle is a very, is the reason why we are who we are today. And and yeah. I love that stuff. That, that's awesome, Kale. I love hearing more, all these stories about how, how you, you know, came to LaSalle and what happened afterwards. This is, it's fantastic. It really is. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, it, it's, it's everything to me. Um, I, uh, when I decided to leave, it, 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 there was a lot of things that went into it. You know, I, I, you know, I, I only had LaSalle on my resume for a long period of time. And I said, what would happen if yeah. I'm in my fifties and I had to make a move? Like I, I got to start thinking, you know, I have family mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and I've been doing this a long time and, you know, a couple other things that transpired, which kind of pushed me over the top to make my decision. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, but I'll tell you what, um, I think it would be incorrect to say I dream about LaSalle every night, but most nights um, I, I, I'm thinking about the school. I'm thinking yeah. about uh, in basketball season, I had real bonafide nightmares that I forgot there was a game. I went oh. to the wrong city. My gear was locked on the bus. Wow. Um, I couldn't get it working. Um, uh, you know, I, those, I, I had them almost every night. Um, wow. be driving and, and I love my job, the job I have with the Jay Wood Platt Caddy scholarship, mm -hmm. it's the same thing I do at LaSalle. I'm trying to help young adults mm -hmm. achieve what I, what I got through college. We're giving $10,000 a year to, to caddies that, that, that I want to go to college and have financial aid need. Oh, so that's really awesome. cool. That's a, it's yeah. very gratifying to me. Mm -hmm. it, it, Absolutely. I love it, but I would be like, let's say in the middle of the day in Wilmington, Delaware at Bitterman golf club or something. Yeah. And I know we have a game that night and I'd be like, or oh, we don't have a game. We're like, Oh my God, do we have a game? Like I would wow. just, because yeah. it was baked into my life for 27 mm -hmm. years. Yeah. Like, I could not, not, I could not forget we have a game or I could yeah. not know that we're starting at four today instead of seven on a Wednesday. But that yeah, became yeah. a real reality mm -hmm. that might happen because it's not baked into my life. Yeah. yeah. And so that, that became a little bit of a strength. And like I said, I, I had to work hard on learning our team because um, I wasn't there every day. I wasn't there yeah. for got on campus. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't can know. say yeah. with, with, from our perspective, I don't think you've lost a beat. I can't really yeah. tell that you may not have as much, uh, you know, interaction or pregame stats as the past. I think you still bring it every game and we're, <laughs> we're happy to have you as our play by play. I feel like, 
I don't know anything else. If I don't hear a pow on yeah. my on my on my radio, <laughs> I'm like, what's wrong? Well, the team must be losing, I guess, is what's wrong. <laughs> but but uh no, we 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 love it. We love that stuff. The 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 sweet sixteen year was obviously amazing, but it was there any other years that resonated with you or stuck out? I know twenty seven is a long time, but was there any other years, the Sweet 16, obviously number one, but what was number two, three, any other seasons that really resonate with you? Well, the year before was awesome as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people don't realize this is that we were, you pick one game. We were a couple seconds away from being in the NCAA tournament the year before. Um, Ramon Galli got knocked out on opening day that year. Oh, yeah. And you missed the Villanova game, which we lost in overtime at Villanova because Taylor Dunn got trapped in the corner with the ball and Taylor Dunn love him to death would not have been on the court. If Ramon Galloway hadn't had a concussion, yeah. we would have beaten no. And uh, it's my birthday today. Yeah, and Butler's as well. Yes. Happy birthday. Today. I sat in the park. Thank you. I sat in the parking lot after we lost that game with Russell Butler, who called me talking about like, dude, we're on the edge. We're on the verge. Like we're, we're like great. And this is it, you know, how they let Taylor get trapped in the corner like that. And then we went to pit the next game and we lost him. Like we were up six late at pit. So if we win any one of those games or Jarrell Wright's elbow, it was Jarrell Wright that actually elbowed Galloway, knocked him out. We're in the end that year. Like we're, so, the people don't realize that we because we were we hosted a game. That means we were one of the first four in the NIT. Now you add a win over Nova or Pitt or both, mm-hmm. and also we had a two buzzer beaters rim out against Temple that year. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was uh, a heartbreaking Sam, year. It was yeah. uh, Tyreek shot at the top. No, Ramon shot at the top. I think it rimmed out. Went in the corner. Sam got another shot at the buzzer. It rimmed out. So you pick any one of those three games. We're in the tournament that year. So that, that, that season's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, for different reasons, uh, uh, Steve Smith senior year, when we lost to Fordham as a number three seed, it hurt and it, and it doesn't feel good, but you know, we kind of turned the corner that year and Steve's such been such a, he has twins as well. One year older than mine. Oh, that's okay. great. Um, there goes Kimmy. But, <laughs> um, but uh, that, that was special too, because John had turned it around so quickly Um and uh, you could tell that we we had the ability to do it. So, you know, I think those two jump out there. Um, definitely, definitely on the on the road. Um, if you could rank like, I don't know, the top road experiences that you've had in the A10. It doesn't even have to be in the A10. It could be honestly non conference schedule. Like, what what's like the best road host for? I know that you know your media on the road, so they should treat you like your media what, what's like the best experience you've had on the road what's it you know any kind of memories you have uh in, in a in a visiting arena dayton does everything top notch dayton. dayton is an exceptional experience um yeah so you know i i when i was in positions like you know as associate athletic director or, or director of athletic communications i tried to do a lot of things they did um to whatever extent I could. So that that's always a good hang. You know, um, I, I don't know if I have won all the great tournaments that we've been in in St. Thomas and, you know, um, they're all wonderful. Um, I just like being on the road. You know, okay. I, I like it. I love it. I, I love it. Um, we do too. We, we go on road trips now because we kind of like being that underdog or the, the enemy in the building. I feel like that kind of, feels like it's different it's totally different than what we're used to yeah so like i'm like at my 700 i don't know i do have it i do have it charted like I, like three years ago i finally listed all the games i have i could call it up if i want but it's like it's in like the 750 wow. range wow <clears throat> and and i still get goosebumps and i still take time like when i'm on the court side at, at like a vcu or a raging mm-hmm you know, big crazy game. And I just, I still, I look up and I go, damn, you're lucky to do this. This is pretty awesome. You know, I've been doing this since 1997, 98. And I always take a palestra, Mm -hmm. you know, palestra, you know, you stand there and, and I, and I make it a point to sit there and be like, man, you know, we're a small school. I don't have CBS numbers as listeners and viewers. They're ours. They're our people. Um, and I'm one of a couple hundred people in the world that get to do this. Yeah. So That's every right. time, 
you know, I get to do that, whether it's Howard, which was like, you know, from an organizational administrative standpoint, like it's almost like we just showed up and played a game. I'm, I'm like, it was a holidays. There were no students there and, you know, there's little resources, but that was great too. You know, that was, yeah. I think we had more fans there. Cause like I brought 15 people myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of cool, but you know, those, those are special too. You know, mm-hmm. those are really yeah. cool too. Yeah. You know, um, I'll, I'll kick myself tonight thinking of what I should have told you about, but I, I really enjoy all of it. Like mm-hmm. even St. Bonaventure, everybody rips on oh. St. Bonaventure. <laughs> I love going there because we want to go. They hate me. Where is and it? I love going there because I love walking. I have to be in the stands. I broadcast from like adjacent to the stands and I purposely slowly walk to my gear. I'm like, any of you guys got anything to say? I'm right here. I'm right here. <laughs> But it's not, it's not confrontational like that. It's more like, Hey, I'm here. Come on, man. Just what's up? Come see me. Come let's say what you got. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. No, I love it. Cause they're they're just as passionate about their school as you guys are about ours. And that's, that's what's all about. That's why college basketball is better than everything. uh, Every other game in the world. Well said. Hey, I mean, I don't have any other questions, Rich. I don't know how you're feeling right now. I feel like Um, we've, we've covered a lot today. Rich, you got anything else? I have, I have one more. I'm just curious how I'm going to phrase it. Um, what did you think of, you know, you, you were talking about, you know, he's your former colleague, um, Fran Duffy. What did you think of, um, you know, year one? And I know it's early and, you know, there's still, you know, open roster spots. Like, what are your expectations uh, for next year? Well, I told everybody last year when it, when when he was named coach, and Mike Jensen and I had a really strong conversation about this. And, uh, and, you know, Mike Jensen is phenomenal. And uh, I said, here's what I, here's like, I don't know how many, how many games we're going to win, but we'll win every game we're supposed to win. And then maybe a couple more. And he agreed. He goes, yeah, but I don't think you're going to be supposed to winning many games. (laughs) And I said, cool. Now I was wrong because we lost games we were supposed to win, Mm -hmm. but um, I would think that most people would have said nine wins coming in that we got 15 and some of the wins that we got is amazing. Like absolutely off the charts. Amazing. Um, I love every kid on that team. I love every kid that ever wore our blue and gold, but talent, talent wise, you know, obviously we, we weren't, we weren't uh, on par with a lot of teams we mm-hmm. played and we beat them. And that's because of Fran Dunphy and that's because of Joe Mahalik and that's mm-hmm. because of Donnie and John Cox and Mike Doyle and, 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 and that whole, the whole, I know I miss guys there. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just I'm kind of speaking fast here, but of course you're good. That, that's because of the culture that they've they've put in, and I I feel the same way for this year. You know, um, I didn't want to lose anybody. Yeah, I didn't want to lose any of those kids. I I, no. I get to know them like they're nephews, and I love them to death. Um, but I have no doubt that whoever replaces them, Trent Dunphy's going to coach up yep. and and do better. I'm not prepared to give you a prediction, yeah, but I will never show. I I think here's a big indicator. You lose a game and we got blown out a bunch of times last year, but I was never mad about it. Like I was never mad. Mm-hmm. Like We weren't good enough and they got shots to fall and we didn't. And, you know, when you, when you have a talent, you know, disparity, like sometimes we did, mm-hmm. you got to execute perfectly. You got to have everything go your way. Mm-hmm. And the nights we got blown out, we didn't. They didn't go our way. Um, and, but I never left angry. I never put the headsets down being like, man, this stinks like yeah. that. I never felt that way. I never felt like they quit. I never felt like they were unprepared. I never felt like that they weren't bringing maximum effort. Yeah. That's all. That's all that you can really ask for right now. I think. Oh, yeah. Well said. I feel like, you know, last, you no, know, I guess it's kind of a lasting image to me, but you know, that last game they played, at the Barclays Center against Fordham, how tough they, you know, and how hard they fought to the end just speaks volumes about yeah. about that. And I hope they really can, you know, carry forward, you know, that, you know, next year. Because no one was going to expect them to play in the quarters against, you know, you know, I mean, no one expected Fordham to do that well. But, yeah. I mean, to play, they were that close. I mean, they gave it such a hard effort. So, um, I mean, I'll just never forget that. I think yeah. things are, you know, you know, looking up. Yeah, and, and and to your point, like, yeah, of course we knew it was a uphill battle to, to get there and, mm-hmm. and stuff, but, like, 
but it happens in college basketball. It happens every year. Yeah. Yeah. Every year. That's why we love the game. So, you know, I always have that optimism that, you know, like I, I used to make this Facebook post whenever we go to the NCAA tournament or A10 tournament. Yeah. I'm packing five days worth of. <laughs> yes. I, I am. And I plan mm -hmm. on using them all because, because why not? Like, yeah, it, exactly. It, it, it happens. And, and, mm -hmm. and I particularly believe it can happen with Fran Dunphy. Yeah. Um, Cause. Absolutely. You know he's that good, and and the guys are behind him. You heard what Brickish and Brantley said about him after the game. Oh, that was so, awesome. I'll run, you know, he said, you know, I run um, between a brick wall for, you know, run through a brick wall for him. That speaks yeah. so much volumes for. I, I mean, that was awesome. Yeah, 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 a hundred percent. I mean, he's and he, he's a good guy. He's the real deal. Um, you know, the time I got to broadcast with him, I've known him for obviously over 20, 25 years or something like that, but we got really close, you know, calling games and he knew I was making a, a career decision. He's the only person at LaSalle I told that I was thinking about making a move. Mm -hmm. And we talk about it every night on the air or not on the air, but before <laughs> yeah. on the air. And, um, and uh, you know, I, I really respected his opinion and stuff um, that, that, that he gave to me. So when, when he took the job, I felt like it was the exact it, in some ways it was the only decision we should have made i believe yeah yeah um yeah. Our, i love our school and i miss working there to a big degree because it's a part of my being and who i am um but it's a hard job like it's a hard job yeah um, and you have to be emotionally invested and you have to have a reason to really you know want to want to fight through the challenges that we have which a lot of schools do by the way we're not alone in this like it's very important not to get caught up um so like any young coach is going to tell you whatever you need to hear in an interview that they can do it and they're going to say they don't care about the budget they don't care about the facilities they don't care about blah 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 until they get into the arena and they realize it's 90 degrees in june <laughs> and 32 degrees in your office in february yeah. Mm -hmm. or, or vice versa sometimes yes. or they see the literally literal and figurative cracks you know that that are in the foundation and then the excuse i've seen it and then the mm -hmm. excuses start happening well this is why we can't win yeah Umph knows all that mm -hmm. he's yep. not trying to get somewhere else mm -hmm. he's he, he's here he's invested in what we're trying to do and where we were so i i for those and and you listen nobody expected him to go to the ncaa tournament last year maybe not even this year um but he, we want to get back to respectability and accountability, and I think mission accomplished. In the, in, in Absolutely. That. Well said. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. One of the things that I just noticed through the three of us with Fran, too, it's all about love for this university. So that's what you need in this environment when it's tough, when the odds are stacked against us. All you need is love, and you, you can make moves. Like you can, you can change the course of a team. That's what we saw in year one. Like he literally, I felt like we literally just went, turned around, turned the ship around and, and we're heading in the right direction. And and that's that a large part of that is because he loves this university. He's an alum like us. And, and that's huge. That's huge for this university. Like anytime you can contribute what we were on, on your pod or on your radio show about we time, talent, and treasure. If you can contribute one of those things, all three, that's awesome. Giving back providing for this university is what is needed and, and love is a huge part of that. Yeah. And you know, I, I you mentioned earlier in the, you know, why am I still doing it or what keeps, you know, mm -hmm. keeps me coming back. And there were some tough times this last year for a variety of reasons. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I wondered if they, people want to be there or if I mm -hmm. should be there, if I should still doing it. And, you know, my wife and I talked about it extensively and, you know, why, why, you know, I have a really, really great job that I'm really passionate about and they're great good to me and they're encouraged me. They like that. I'm the play by play guy. LaSalle. They, uh, you know, that's good. That's awesome. Know the guys, but nonetheless, <laughs> um, <clears throat> and we have a LaSalle guy working in their office too, but, um, but, um, and, 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 and the, the thing that, you know, I was never not going to, you know, continue to do it, but, um, uh, one of the things I, I said is, you know, like this, uh, anybody can come and go at our school and be in whatever position it is, but they're going to leave and I'm still going to be an alum and yep. it's still yep. going to be our school, mm -hmm. still going to be our school. And I'm not going to let anybody else take me away from doing what I love to do for my school. Yeah. Um, you know, um, and so you guys have that mentality as well. 
If we don't, if we don't yeah. take ownership of this and we don't do it, who? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well said. No, yeah. I agree. Wow. I mean, this has been a really good conversation. Yeah, this is awesome. We're really glad to have you on. I mean, this shows how much of a LaSalle fan you are, how much LaSalle is ingrained in you. You you are here with us on your birthday. You spent your <laughs> yeah. birthday with us, Kale. So happy birthday. And, and we're really thankful that you're able to jump on. And I think we need to we need to schedule another one of these, maybe closer to the season, maybe yeah. halfway through, do a little pulse, like check on how we're doing. Um, I think we would love to have you on as a recurring guest. I, I'm sure Rich agrees. Yeah, yeah. This was awesome. This was a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. It's an honor. And, I, and, and I'm so proud of you guys, you know, what you guys are doing. Uh, we need to clone about 3000 of you uh, <laughs> and, and put them in the stands on an nightly basis, but we'll start with three, you know, and, you know, and whoever yeah. else is involved with you guys, but the, the, listen, it's a tall, it, I, I mentioned how hard it was, but it's worth it. Yes. It's worth it. It's absolutely worth it. You know, no matter how many, how tough things got, you know, like it was worth it um, mm -hmm. and it will be worth it and we can do it. Um, but like, don't just, I said it when I left, like, don't just sit around. I said all the time, don't just sit around and wait for somebody else to do it. Yeah. If, if you got, if you got 25 bucks to give, give it, mm -hmm. if you can find a way to make it 50, do it, do it. Yeah. Um, and those people and the, the millionaires and the CEOs that are our alums find a way, yeah. get that building built. Yeah. Get those, you know, get us our private jet, get us <laughs> you know, NIL money, which by the way is. We have an NIL. I'm, I'm hearing good things that we're, we're on the verge of doing some big stuff with that. That's awesome. Get involved. Get yeah. involved. If you're not yeah. involved, you're part of the problem. You're, you're right. You're right. Well, no, it's great stuff. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. That was a very powerful message. Yeah. And Enjoy the rest of your birthday, Kale. I yeah. know. We, I'm sure you, <laughs> you want to go relax a little bit after one of these very heartfelt conversations that we had. So enjoy your the rest of your evening. And I, I can't wait to talk to you soon. Hopefully before we meet again at Tom Gola. All right. Great I feel like job, there's guys. a way. Keep wait, this wait, up. I'm proud of you guys. Before, you before we end this, I feel like um, it's kind of fitting that we end it. Uh, could you end it with a pow? <laughs> Grove up the court. He drives. He kicks to the corner. There's O'Donnell. Pow! <laughs> uh, that was awesome. Thank okay. you so much. Thanks, Kale. That does it for this episode of the Gola Standard. Make sure you guys like, rate, subscribe, whatever, favorite, retweet, bookmark. I think you can do that on Twitter now. You can bookmark, uh, do all that stuff. Let us know how we're doing. Um, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you guys soon. And we'll proceed as if uh, LaSalle basketball never stops. We're looking forward into the future. But until then, it's a great day to be an explorer. Fight on. <laughs>